What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Or the 30. To the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40, to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. Let's go. Eagles. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. That's hey, intercepted at the Derek 30. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. And we welcome you into podcast number 19 of the Salty Dogs. I am Jeff Ryan. And I'm Scott actually, Smith. I wasn't ready for the cue. Actually, it is uh, uh, podcast 20, I believe. You looked it up? I think it is. Because we've been wondering that. Yeah, no, I believe it's Podcast 20. And Podcast 20, um, listeners may uh, notice that for the first time, Jeff brought us in. Yes. And, and I asked him to because he made fun of me in the last one. No, I wasn't making fun of yeah, you at all. But well, you know what? You're a pro. I'm, it's not like you haven't done this stuff before. I'm trying to shake up the mojo. We call him One Take Jeff, like when he has to do the uh, phone messages for oh, yes. holidays around here. Yes. One Take yes. Jeff. Thank you for calling the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> You've probably heard right that now. before. Yes. If called here. Yes, and, and I write that stuff, too, just so <laughs> So, you know, Ooh, that's uh, impressive. It is. It is. Added we're to your cl- credits. We're closed for the holidays. <clears throat> Speaking of holidays. And then you go on a roll. Yeah, then you go on a roll. <laughs> then I'm out of here. If I had one wish for Christmas. I wish I could have would... had the second half of last oh. Sunday's uh, game. Well, there we go. I want. That's, there we go. That's what I want for Christmas. I, I... Jeff, you segue us right from just a bunch of rambling into mm. the, the big topic. Didn't See, you? that's why I'm the professional. Um, yes, sir, because we had allowed 104 yards of offense. And actually, up to the point of the block punt, it was still only 118 yards of offense to Drew Brees and company. Yeah. And I don't think the field conditions were that bad. <clears throat> no, no, not at all. Not the at all. The defense was playing phenomenal. Yes. Yeah. And at the half, we get to talk with Dirk Cutter. He's he's uh, gracious enough to stop and let us know his thoughts. TJ catches him. TJ catches him coming going. In, actually, we got him going into the locker room, gotcha. which is usually he's a little more saltier at that point. <laughs> so, um, you know, TJ just said, "Hey, you know, you did a great job. You know, first half. What do you, what, you know, what what are you going to build on? What do you need to keep going with?" And he goes, 30 more minutes. we got to play 30 minutes. And so that was our whole conversation at, at the half. was like, I, I like that. 30 more minutes. That's, that's going to be his message. This is great. It and, probably was his and message. It was. And, and then I saw um, Rondé was, uh, was doing color for Fox, the TV mm-hmm. version. And we were talking and you know, we compare notes of how we're seeing the game and what they're talking about, what we're talking about. Sometimes we see stuff that, that they haven't seen, vice versa. And I, I made a comment about what Dirk had said, and he goes, this defense, he goes, it's unbelievable. He goes, they, if they keep this up, they're gonna, this is, they can close this out right now. And we I, now know what happened. Yeah, and 25 unanswered points means the defense wasn't, unable, wasn't able to close it out, but it really – they were put in bad situations. Yeah. I don't think they. I don't think the defense collapsed by any stretch. No, of I wouldn't say that. I think at the end they were just dog tired. They were. Yeah, coach even said that. Yeah. yeah so, uh, yeah, because from the point of the blocked punt, which gave the offense a very short field and they scored, mm-hmm. uh, from that point on the offense kept putting itself in immediate and terrible holes. You know, you'd get, 
you get a kickoff return out to the 30, but you'd have a penalty, so you're starting at the 9, and then you have another penalty, and then you can't dig out of that hole, and you're punting away from the 8-yard line, and now they get the ball in a short field again, and that happened repeatedly. It just snowballed. The offense kept committing penalties, uh, couldn't get anything going, and the defense was just, as you said, tired and in terrible position after terrible position. Can you remember the last time, and I, I could, and we were trying to decide, where you witnessed our uh, our offense taking five penalties in a row? I thought it was four in a span of five plays, but Is it was. But it was. You're. I know the sequence you're talking about, and it was crazy. You. You know. No, that's. It's. That's self-inflicting. You, at yeah, that you never point. expect that. Right. And there are times when penalties are called that you don't agree that they're penalties, and so. Mm-hmm. The, there was one coach was saying after looking at the film, the Ryan Jensen penalty and upfield. Yeah. You know, he was called for unnecessary roughness and coaches looking at it. I understand that the, the officials have a very difficult job mm-hmm. and they have to do this stuff like this, but looking at it on, on tape, he's not sure that really was unnecessary roughness. He was playing up to the whistle. He was blocking a guy downfield. The guy kind of turned a little bit and he hit him in the back, but also probably Ryan Jensen has a bit of a reputation. So if it looks like mm. a duck, yeah. Well, and the other thing too is, and the reason why he's doing that is he he doesn't know what's behind him, and he's blocking True. that guy because someone could be, you right. know, that could be the difference for a touchdown. Yeah. And so, you want that? Yeah, he's staying in the play. You want? And apparently, there was a couple of points in that game where our receivers did not do a very good job of blocking on the perimeter, which kept four yard runs become from becoming like eight or ten yard runs. Yeah. So it, yeah, you need to sustain those blocks, and, and, and sometimes that'll happen. And the way the game started, I think that's probably, when you look at it, how crisp the offense was marching down the field in the first possession. I mean, it was it – was Yeah, it was very good. Textbook. Right. Um, and so I, I was curious because I, I thought of this because um, you've experienced this as I have. Would you say that was your worst um, collapse in the second half that you witnessed – Boy, I, I wish you'd ask me that so I'd have time to think about yeah, it beforehand. I, I mean, I remember, really, I remember two. Well, no. The, no, by far the worst collapse in the history of this team or probably any team was the Monday night Indianapolis game. Okay. Do you remember I, – I think you were with us then. If it was 92 on. Yeah. Where we were up against the Los Angeles Rams. Rams, yep. And it was a it, it was, was twenty six. It was a Sunday to, night game, I think. Yes, it was like twenty six to three. And Tyje Armstrong had caught the long <laughs> touchdown pass, yeah. and the two safeties hit him on both sides mm-hmm. and fell off, and he just kept going. Yep. Yes, that yep. that one started right away when the second half began. They they it was like as soon as the second half began. So they just rolled right. the rest of the way. So being salty dogs that we are, we have witnessed witnessed this type of. Yeah. before but it's quirky because you can't just put a finger on one element and say that's why it happened in this game you could put a finger on the turning point though and i, I don't have to tell you no that question is. you could hear the air come out of the stadium after the block punt yeah it changed everything it did and it it, I, it affected the crowd too it totally affected that. yeah i thought so and um and it's unfortunate because special teams has uh you know kind of hurt us um, did in that game, and, and and on the same side, on the on the flip side of that coin, that block punt surely energized their oh, sideline. No question. Yeah, because that kind of thing. In fact, the guy who did it was talking about that afterwards. It was like just a play like that can be such an enormous play it, game. And then Coach Cutter says he, he didn't give us the exact stat, but he's like he's got a stat that shows if you have a punt blocked 
in a game, you lose almost every time. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like a game-changing play. Well, if you look at the sequence, they came out and didn't do anything, and and you know we were shutting them down immediately. And you're like, okay, so we had, you know, we couldn't move the ball, but that's okay. We're going to punt it down to them. Yeah, defense coming out. Okay, we're we're in great shape. Um, and and the kicking woes. I um, I mean it. I see it throughout the league, and so do you, and so do the so do fans. It's there. People are missing them. Um, Happened pretty uh, badly uh, in the uh, Pittsburgh game. And, when that dude know, slipped. Right, and then and then Mike McCarthy gets let go after a missed field goal two weeks <laughs> yeah, ago. Right, if they so, made the field goal. Yeah. So I mean, I it, I don't know. I I don't know if if blocking schemes have gotten better and they have to rush kicks now. I don't know. Now I will say the one field goal that was missed. Had we not taken the sack. If he would have kicked, it would the have been good. Upright? Yeah, uh, because because he would have been closer, and it would have right. curved after it got through. Still, you want to hit him right down the middle, like yes. he had been doing yes. in his first three games or so. Yes, you know, I was thinking about this game, and this is the rematch of a game in which the two teams combined for one thousand and four yards and eighty eight points mm-hmm. in week one. And yeah, it's later. Teams have changed, and it's a it's a kind of a wet day. But you still didn't expect both teams to be under three hundred yards. And a game that was, you know, fourteen to three halfway through the third quarter. But it, I started looking around, seeing the other games this week, and isn't it funny how in this this is the year of offense in the NFL? It's the most offensive year, mm-hmm. <laughs> explosively offensive year yeah. that this league has ever had. And you got teams like the Rams and the Saints and us and others putting up just incredible numbers. And then as the season is winding down, as we're in the stretch drive, and you're having important matchups like Chicago against the Rams, mm-hmm. all of a sudden. It's these incredible defenses asserting themselves, and that's making the difference. Dallas against uh, Philly, right? And then the mm-hmm. week before against New Orleans, the Chicago defense just shutting down the Rams. Last, Come on, Seattle. Monday night, last night. Both those defenses played great, but Seattle part- particularly. And then you could say, to a lesser extent, the Bucks and Saints, two very offensive teams, all of a sudden playing better defense against each if, other. If I would have said to you, hey, if Bucks defense can hold them to 28 points, I think we got a good chance of winning Yeah, we have game. a chance, right? Yeah. Yeah, because we yeah. would have beaten by 20 in the first mm-hmm. game. Uh, if you'd have told me we we're going to hold them to 290-something yards, mm-hmm. I, I thought, oh, we're, we're got it then. We got yeah. this thing in the bag. I know it's not all about yards, but they usually put up a lot of yards, which results in a good amount of points most of the time. Yes, I would have taken that. Mm-hmm. I would and, have hemmed and hawed a little bit on the 28 and, points. And in fairness, you know, mm-hmm. Buck fans are, are you know, we, we do the same thing. Everything that should have happened – happened or what we were hoping that would happen all the teams that we wanted to lose lost and i think that adds more to the it makes frustrate- it hurt more yes it, it last night i'm watching the game and i say last night because it is tuesday as we speak right um and it's like oh man it would have and then and then you know me i'm like we still have a chance yeah We'd, it's still there i thoroughly mathematically it's i still thoroughly there. enjoyed that game last night because not only was it going the way we wanted to go but um i was at the end of a uh, fantasy playoff game, and oh. I just needed Adam Thielen to be held down. Yes, and, and he and was. Minnesota couldn't couldn't no. move the ball at all. And, so it was and, great. And as we speak, they they fired their offensive yeah, coordinator about a couple hours ago. I know, so John DeFilippo. Yeah, yeah, it's a results league, huh? From a guy who Ooh. everyone's touting it could be a new head coach. He somewhere. was up and coming yeah. head coaching. Guy. Not so much. Hey, he can he can start interviewing early now. Maybe Green Bay. Now, isn't that interesting? Now he is the he is their offensive coordinator. Was he their offensive coordinator last year? He also? was the quarterbacks coach. He was the quarterbacks coach. So they have a new offensive coordinator and a new quarterback. An eighty million dollar quarterback. Yes. 
Hmm. All right. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> and a great and a defense that's playing awesome. Yeah, they are. They and, are. And guy, Adam Thielens and Stefan Diggs, mm-hmm. who were awesome last year, and Dalvin Cook, who can, who can be awesome. I th- I think what you're going to find, and, and you know, of course, time's going to prove me right or wrong, but I think for the next three weeks, defenses are going to rule. That's kind of the point I was getting at. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. But no, no, you're right. No, I took, I led you there. Yeah, I, I really do. I find but, it, I find it very interesting. Yeah. And, and I love the big offensive games too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that Rams Chiefs game. Unbelievable. Was thoroughly enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of cool to see this because you get a little numbed by the 48, 45 games. And then you all of a sudden Chicago is just smothering the Rams. And that's interesting to watch as well. And then you get to the point where one play is going to make the difference in that game. I mean, usually it does, but when you're when you're leading six to nothing, or that's right, it, 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 that you're not out of it until the very end. You 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 are there all the way, and then of course the leaping, which we, as Buck fans, we know all about leaping. <laughs> His was called wasn't called. Ours was called against Simeon Rice. Simeon yeah. Rice, and that, now we've mentioned that. I yes. swear to God, we mentioned this game constantly, and it's my least favorite game ever. Well, that Indianapolis game, Simeon Rice was called for a penalty that's called leaping, which all he did was jump straight up, mm-hmm. and they said he landed on the opponents, which you're not allowed to do, and mm-hmm. you're not allowed to take a running start and jump on them. All he did was kind of jump straight up and then slide back down mm-hmm. his, uh, his teammates' backs. That was a terrible call. This was actual leaping by, uh, mm-hmm. was it Bobby Wagner? I believe so. Um, last night. And it's funny you should bring this up because this is a disagreement that I constantly have with uh, with with um, Chris and Mike and PR. Uh, because I, I think that play should just be full out outlawed. Of leaping? Leaping on a field goal, leaping over the line to try to block the kick. I just think it's unnatural. It's it just it, it just feels like cheating to me. So I think they should just... Why? It just, you know, okay, so here's, if you try, they did change it so you can't take a running, you have to do it from the line of scrimmage. So you can't mm-hmm. take a running jump and jump over. Mm-hmm. If you try to jump over those guys and you land on them, it's a penalty. Mm-hmm. If you try to jump over them, and this is what Wagner did, which probably should have been called, and you use their, like, you put your hands on their backs for yes, leverage. you can't do that. That's a penalty. All those, if, if you start to jump over a guy and he stands up and, and your your foot lands on his shoulder or whatever, that's a penalty. If that's if that play creates that possibility, it should just be uh, it should just be an illegal play I, to begin with. I see what you're saying is that with so many ifs and buts, whether it's a fair play or not, it, a legal or unlegal play. My I, argument yeah, really yeah. just boils down to more touchy feely. It just doesn't it doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't feel like a play that should be legal. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to get it called wrong like they did in the Seattle game, then they should probably just say you just can't do it because yeah. then there will be no gray area. Right. It's like a catch. What's a catch and what isn't Well, they've, they've improved that now, you have to admit. I don't know. I thought I wasn't so sure that was a catch on us, uh, the Saints um, driving down for the first down. Where they reviewed it oh, and reviewed it was called it, yeah. a non-catch, and then they turned, then they then they turned it around and said it was a catch. And the funniest, the funniest part was that um, um, Dave was looking at it and said, "That's not a catch," but I have been wrong so many times. <laughs> and and he said, especially with this crew, yeah, oh yeah, we're getting there. Jeff. He goes, and so and sure enough, boom, you know. And then we got into the bird Emanuel catch or non-catch but I, I i didn't think that one was a catch the other one was the um the fumble that we caused mm-hmm. that was not ruled a fumble and we challenged and that one and the peyton barton fumble from the week before drives me crazy not necessarily that they didn't overturn the call but in both cases they said confirmed instead yeah. of the rules down right. which means i i thought he was down 
you could see evidence that he yeah, was down? Yeah, I thought he was down. It looked like he was lying on other, other It looked people. like he was, but there was a shot where it looked like that, right, well, that maybe he I'm was. Maybe I'm wrong about that, that, that one. That I, I, there, there were a number of shots that are going on. And the other thing is, is you got, um, we talked about this before. You can't just, you can't, you can't just see what's on the video board. You got to look at the TV. Right. Because the TV is well, what the, the officials. We had TVs. Yeah, 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 stuff. yeah, yeah. But, I was looking at it. Yeah. But you Apparently said. Apparently not close enough. Yeah. You said. I thought he was down. Yes. Well, you said, Dave said something like, and it's this crew. Yeah. And so I guess I should go ahead and bring up. So I'm on the field doing our pregame show, mm-hmm. and I'm walking back through the tunnel, uh-huh. and I hadn't looked closely at the flip card yet, so I hadn't seen mm-hmm. who the officiating crew and was. And when you did, you went. And I saw him, one Mr. Jerome Boger, walking through the tunnel, and I'm like, oh, ruined my day. Ruined my day. And we've. I just want to say what I said last time when we talked about this. I'm not criticizing any particular no. calls. I don't know if Jerome Boger is a, is one of the better refs or one of the worst refs. Right. I really don't know. I'm just saying I, every time we get him, mm-hmm. something hate, weird happens. I hate the way the calls go. Yeah, it could be just we just have crazy things happen when he's the official. It has nothing to do with They him. do seem it to just, be – we just, always get a lot of penalties yeah. when, when Jerome Boger is our guy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but we, we actually did commit a lot of penalties and, and that mm-hmm. were deservedly called, and that right. was a very big part of the game because that's what snowballed that block punt into just complete – Collapse from and every time, out. every time we talk about officials, I always can hear Tony Dungy saying, "Don't let the officials right. affect your game. Everybody play says your that. game. Easier said play than done. Play your though. game." And I, I agree. Play your game. Did you know, Jeff, that we have played thirteen games? You probably did know that. I did. And that on defense, we have started thirteen unique, different starting lineups. I only reason why I know that is I saw one of your notes, and I don't know, I don't know where I saw. I it. I tweeted it. Did you? Okay, because I remember, that, and I that thought, was before the game. Yeah, and I thought that is that's pretty amazing. We have never been able to start the same eleven guys. I mean, I'm not even just saying in a row. No. The 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 week one starting lineup and two and three and four, they've right. all been different from each other. Right. This one was different because Josh Shaw was starting at safety mm-hmm. because yeah. I think we had Andrew Adams playing in a sub package. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's been Vita Vea for Boal, and it's mm-hmm. been Vinny Curry in and out of the lineup. It's been our linebackers shuffled around constantly. Right. It's been cornerback injuries and then safety injuries. And I would say that that is a little bit of a – I would say that – I would give some credit to Mark Duffner and his staff that the defense has been better lately, Right. I'm much better. Despite the fact that the lineup continues to have to be yeah, when, shifted around. When you can move that many people around, then then it does become it that's becomes coaching. That, right? that that says someone you're getting your guys ready. Um, yeah, yeah, and and you have to in the in this league now because doesn't no, mean you have to be good at it. Yeah, though. no one makes it. Hardly anybody makes it all through the season. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. you can be good at that or not, and mm-hmm. and I think they are, and I think you know, obviously you have to pass on some of the credit to some of these guys who've stepped up, like right. a, like an Andrew Adams or the week before Devonta Harrison mm-hmm. thought played pretty well. Um, you know, Ryan Smith seems like he's played pretty well the last couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, you know what I, you know what we, you know we talk about that uh, whether he was down or not down on the fumble. What I love the best about it is the next play got a pick. That's true. Yeah, it was, it, that That's was a good point. It, it was funny. And when we what a great pick. Too. And, and when we were talking to Dirk going in, he made the comment that uh, the pick was great. We should have had it. We should have had to play before, <laughs> and it made me laugh. See, he agreed. Yeah, with he me. agreed with you. So I'm going to give you that. But but it is pretty amazing when you get get a turnover like that. And then you don't get it, and then the, the very next play, and that was karma. That was great. Um, that was film watching uh, to get that pick. Oh yeah, because you knew where he he knew where yeah. it was. Yes, and That's and great. Dave Moore brought that up. He said that is film study. He knew in that particular look. 
this is where it goes. Well, if you came to Buccaneers.com to get to this to get this podcast while you're here, look up Ronnie Barber broke down this play. In oh, he did. Session. Okay. And and so I okay. haven't watched it yet, but I saw the link. I saw the link too, and I didn't get to so haven't watched it yet either. But it was so great last week. Yeah. Ronnie's breakdown. Yeah. Well, I told you what the Tampa two was, That's and true. That, and and you and I have discussed this many times. People throw Tampa two out. Like they don't know, they know what it is. It, we barely clueless. know what it is. I, I actually have to look at it and count yeah. where, where everybody is. He always talks about the, the middle dropper, mm-hmm. which is a linebacker, and then he'll talk about the way this, the corners are aligned. and mm-hmm. it's very it, is, it makes a lot of sense coming out of his mouth. Yeah, and if, you, and if you're just curious about what it is, you can still go into Bucks.com. It's always up there, and you can look at Ron Day's. Um, yeah, go into the video section and yes. look for film session. And film session. Get to the one where Ronnie yeah. talks about um, the, the one from last week. Yeah. He, he did a defensive one from last right. week. Right? Well, it'll be Anthony Beck, Anthony Beck, Anthony Beck, Anthony Beck, Anthony Beck, Rondé, right. And Anthony does a great job, too. <laughs> yes. But we're specifically but, yep. talking about Anthony's Rondé out describing right the yes. um, the Tampa 2, and he would certainly know. Uh, another little – I don't know how much time we got before we bring our guest in here. But Until you stop A couple talking. things I wanted to bring up. You know, we the pressure been good, but in that game, and it's not surprising against Drew Brees and a very good offensive line, but we only got one sack. That was mm-hmm. the Carl Nassib strip sack, which was a great play. And Nassib, great play. Nassib's been awesome. He's got super long arms. Which is useful. Yes. It's useful. Especially if you're a defensive end. It <laughs> might that, come in handy. At that moment, he, both him and JPP yep. both swiped at him at the same he time. He can never be a gator because he doesn't have little arms. But continue. Uh, we have, in, in six games this year, our defense has produced from zero to two sacks. And we wow. have only won one of those. We're one and five. In games where we've had three or more sacks, we're four and three. And I, that pressure makes all the difference in the world. No question. Creates, I mean, we did get two turnovers in this game, but we had four the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that pressure was a big reason why. Um, so just to me, that's a big part of it. And and it's a, it's a kind of an optimistic thing to say if anybody's feeling like hearing something optimistic right now. Right. Because that seems like an issue that has been I don't know, fixed is the right word, but but well addressed, not just for this year, but going forward, because you still have JPP next year. Mm-hmm. You still have Carl Nassib. He's yep. got another year on his contract that we inherited. You still got Gerald McCoy. Levante. Yeah. We're missing Quan. We don't have Quan in there. Right. Vinny Curry maybe have a healthier year mm-hmm. next year. Um, uh, Vita Veo is getting better. So I th- I, you know, re- the pieces are there for this to be continue to be a good pass rush. Yeah, and 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 as as you know, as Buck fans, and and you know, I mean, we li- this is our life. This is what we deal with all the time. I I think what hurts is that you can see how good this team can be, mm-hmm. and it just isn't for the full sixty minutes. Yeah, and and I think that you know if it. If you're getting blown out at a game from the beginning to the like, end, it's like you, the last eight games of 2011. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That you, was a bad team. That was a bad. That was a bad team. That was just going every which way. Yeah. Right. But this is not a bad no. team. It's just a team that hasn't been able to. Everybody stay together for the full sixty minutes, and yeah. I think that hurts more. <sighs> Ouch. Yeah. But you know what? You one can, other. You can change it all because uh, you got the Ravens. What do you got? You got one, one other more? stat because I right. think Casey's going to – oh, our guest is Casey Phillips. But they knew that because they clicked on the link. Okay. She's our first uh, repeat guest. Not counting yeah. Carmen because we brought her in at the last minute. And right. Morning. So um, she should be here any minute. Uh, if not, she will be fined. I don't know what our fine structure is. But, I don't know. Uh, it'll, be, it'll go up by the This minute. is your doings, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, so when Cambrai caught those two touchdown passes, yes. it gave him six for yep. the year. Uh, and that gave us seven different players on this team who have at least five touchdowns. It's amazing. Seven. Has that ever been done in the NFL? Glad you asked, Jeff. I'm glad I did, too. It has been done this year by the Buccaneers. 
But also in 1983 by Dallas, and then 2010 and 12 by New England, and 2011 by New Orleans. So five wow. times. Wow. And that does, I would not have thought that. That doesn't mean we're the best scoring offense of all time. We're not even no. the best scoring off. I think we're maybe eighth in the league right now. Mm-hmm. We're not the best scoring offense in this year, nor have the Buccaneers ever had the best scoring offense in any particular NFL season. So I guess that's a case study when people say, how do you get so-and-so the ball? You know how you know one guy catches. There's only one ball to go around. Yeah, and and that's the answer. So this is a this is a great case study of how you can spread the ball around to yeah that many receivers. And some of it has to do with injuries, and mm-hmm. but that is again speaking to the depth. You know, we loved having both OJ and Cam. Right. But uh, that they were a nice combo to have. But when it when OJ went down, at least you still had a tight end that could produce for you. And so, you know, Deshaun. It has been unavailable, and that just means more targets for Chris Godwin and probably Adam Humphreys a little bit, and they've been producing. So um, it just speaks to the depth of talent, which we knew. We've been talking about that all mm-hmm. year. But even so, it, maybe it's just not even – maybe it doesn't even mean anything, but it's still kind of cool that five different guys caught. Right. I think it's Seven cool. different guys caught a lot of touches. And I think they're really happy, especially if they have clauses in their contracts <laughs> that say how many catches they need. Well, Adam Humphreys <laughs> is, is happy because he's – becoming a free every, agent. You know, every time I hear that, um, you know, you need another catch to get your claws. Um, Dave Moore uh, had a clause in his... In, really? Yeah. And um, he, he didn't get it. He needed... Oh. But he named his boat one more catch. <laughs> <laughs> Which has several meanings. Because that was... Yeah, because that was... that If he, you know... So when... when do you remember the details? What I, season? Can't, I can't so remember he, what he it had, was. He had a, a bonus in his... If he reached a certain number of receptions. If he hit... Yeah, if he hit one more, it was like 200,000 oh, or something that's crazy. so rough. You think was, you'd be in the huddle at the yeah. end of the game going, hey, Trent, yeah. Trent, if I get one more yeah. pass, I get $20,000. I'll yeah. give you five. <laughs> Just throw me the ball. Throw me the ball. We'll get, give me I'll the damn... Throw me the damn ball. <laughs> Oh, I don't, right. I don't know why I thought of that. That's a great I don't story. Know. I just get the things we don't know about I, behind I the scenes. I digress. Okay. All right. So you want to wrap it up? There? Yep. You got anything else you want to talk about? No, that's okay. it. We'll, I think I think we're pretty. We'll much... We'll go get Casey, okay. and she can tell us about some of the stuff that the Bucks players have been doing in the community, and then we'll get her um, feelings about some of these other topics. We've been cool. Discussing. We'll be back. All right. The salty dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast, and we've turned our two-man booth into a three-person booth. Wow, you, like in Monday you, football, your you? intro was awesome this time. Yeah. See, Casey, you weren't with us before, but I did the intro. For the first for time. For the first time. I was, oh, wow. I was very Welcome proud of Welcome to him. the Salty Dogs. <laughs> you had to bust out the radio Salty. voice. There you go. Well, moms and dads, boys and girls, with us right now is wow, Bucks really team it. reporter, Casey Phillips. <laughs> Can I put that as like my alarm when I wake up in the morning? I feel like that would get me a lot more excited. I also now feel like I have to live up to that intro, which right. is a lot of pressure. Here's, the other thing you got to live up to is you're our, fir- you're our first two-time guest. I mean, yeah. Carmen's wow. been on twice, but well, one of them we just brought her in at the last Well, minute. we're going to deflate her right now on this because what had happened was Scott came into my office this morning and said, you know, I really don't have anybody we can really talk to right now. And I said, well, you know, it is the holiday spirits and people don't have as much time to do this. And he goes, well, maybe we can get Casey to come in and talk about something. And I went, yeah, So okay. I was the last possible no, you were option. The, you were actually, actually the first, first choice. One. We just didn't. The first choice yeah. when you had no choices. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. I'm but, okay with that. I mean, Jeff kind of gets us to the topic there. Though. You, in part of what you do yes. is you are involved in a lot of these um, community events with players. So tell and, us a little and bit spe- about Yeah, especially with the holiday spirit, all the different things that the players are doing for the holidays. Yeah, I would love to know if fans have any idea how much they really do. I mean, first of all, all season long, 
And especially during the holiday season, it kind of gets kicked off with turkey time for the O-line around Thanksgiving and then goes all the way through the end of the season, essentially, with a million holiday events that uh, earlier today I was with the whole rookie class at Johns Hopkins All Children's Hospital. They split up. They delivered teddy bears to kids. They sang Christmas carols to them. Thankfully, they are not pursuing a singing career because that was not sounding super great. They did throw some pretty good dance moves in. There was some Millie Rock action happening to Jingle Bells, which was very impressive impressive so yeah i mean they they did that i was at jam the famous Jameis jamboree last night where a bunch of kids were getting gifts and were getting to do stuff in the indoor you know do some different drills and catch passes from him and mike evans and a bunch of other players gerald mccoy's got his thing there's a d-line delivers christmas next week i could go on and on and on with just how much this team does and it is so impressive because their schedules are insane you know they are here all the time they are working so hard at practice and meetings they get up at five in the morning and in their limited time off, that's what they choose to do. And it's just one of my favorite things about getting to work for a team is to see just how much these guys do and to see the impact it makes. I mean, these kids, especially you know, at the hospital day, they don't have a lot to be excited about right now this time of year. And to watch their faces light up when these players would walk in the room was truly incredible and emotional. One of the players even said, he was like, man, I'm, I'm getting a little emotional here. I might have to step out in the hallway a bit. This is, this is tough to see these kids like this. And, and it's, it's mind blowing how much just us walking in can affect them. And, you could tell that they were they were pretty moved by today as well. And Gerald McCoy is our uh, NFL Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year yes. nominee this year, which is well deserved. Yeah, he launched his foundation uh, yeah. last week. That's in honor of his mom. A big part of their foundation is about single family homes because uh, he had that, and then his wife also was a single parent at one point. So, yeah, they, that's a great foundation. Great for him. He's done so much in the community, especially his McCoy family Christmas. The fact that he does that and D line delivers Christmas, which he's a huge part of as well. So, especially around the holiday times, Gerald and his family give back a ton that's we've got a long history of um that particular topic mm-hmm. helping people the single yes. family homes because work done started as homes for the holidays yes. in the 90s and it was probably still is hugely successful and yep. for the same reasons because of here and in that he grew up in yeah and in yep. his hometown mm-hmm. which is great yeah and it's it's so cool to watch as the guys come into the league you know i spend a lot of time with the rookies because we have the rookie club so there's a lot of events and a lot of things that they do And to watch them come in and really come into their own as men and then realize the causes that are important to them as they realize and see what an impact they can make. Because I don't think they always realize just how much them just showing up can do, much less, you know, the money and resources and other things. And they start, you know, seeing what all's out there and and they all have these moments you can tell where whether it was an event they went to or a cause, something clicks with them and the passion is there and they find their thing that is going to be what they, you know, put on their my cause, my cleats, what they're going to really give back to. And it's so cool to watch them really make it their own. Now, with all this feel good, warm stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's not what Salty Dogs is yeah. all about here. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to get a little salty because Casey is passionate about well, this is the good form. For yes, being salty. and and this is we, something that we welcome that, and encourage yes, saltiness. Yes, and so I will step back, Scott. You <laughs> I, step I hear back. I'm putting the soapbox on yep. the floor. And, yes, and there's no time limit. We are literally moving <laughs> back. They really are moving away from me. I don't know what you, you think is going to happen. I'm when about I to run in. Yes. I'm about to run into this hungry, hungry hippos game yep. that is on the floor. Yeah, is that another Allie and Donovan. Yes. That will be played on the Allie and Donovan show this you week. You get to have a lot of fun on that show. Yeah, I mean, really, what it is is what do I want to make them do, or what do I want to do with them, and that's what we do. So right. there you go. All right, so all right, soapbox. Uh, it is all yours, Casey. Phillips. Soapbox time. So first of all, it takes a lot to get me salty. It's not my natural state as much as it can be for that's you fair, guys. Right? 
right, occasionally. Jeff. I agree I would with that. Say. Yeah. Takes a lot to get me salty. And when we were talking, I, I, w I might be able to come on and talk a little bit about the community stuff and what the team does. I realize that's the one thing that gets me so salty during the season is when we will post that the guys have gone and they've done some amazing thing in the community. And it's, it's always after, you know, some loss when people will respond and say, why aren't they at practice <laughs> or man, glad to see we're getting better today. And like, <laughs> I get so upset and it's the most restraint I ever have to show on social media. And I usually type some things and delete them because well, you, don't, you don't have to edit yourself. Here I know. All. Right. You, you... So here's my thing about it. I love that we have passionate fans. I will start with that. I love that you want our team to be winning. You want them to be getting better. You want them to be working hard. Love it. Great. However, the fact that you are choosing to rain on the parade of them being amazing in the community is mind blowing to me because instead we should be celebrating that these guys are involved in the community, that they're giving back. They don't have to that it's their day off, that first of all, we forget there are mandated amounts of hours. They can be practicing. They can be at the facility. There are rules. They cannot literally be on that practice field 24-7. So in their time that is mandated, they are off. Instead of just laying at home playing Fortnite, they are choosing <laughs> to go to Metropolitan Ministries, to a children's hospital. They are choosing to give back. And I think about the rest of us who have jobs and when Maybe our job isn't going great or life is a little bit tough and we finally get a day off. How many of us are choosing to go out and volunteer and be in the community and use our time off like that? Unfortunately, probably not a ton. So when we look at it that way, I just, that's my soapbox <laughs> is as fans, when you are passionate about the Buccaneers, be just as passionate about the fact that they impact the community in a huge way as you are on the field and recognize that not very many cities have a professional sports team. And I have seen the individual kids' faces. I've seen the mom's face when they give their kid a gift that that mom did not think she was going to get to have her kids have a gift for the holiday season. Our team brings that. Again, love that you're, passion, uh, that you're passionate, but let's celebrate the fact that our guys on their time off are choosing to make a difference in the community and not use that time to be frustrated about whatever results had happened on the field. Soapbox over. End of end of rant. End of rant. <laughs> that's well, it. I'll, I'll God, say I feel this. so great. That was wonderful. Good. Yeah, you come on every bum, week. Bum. That's Casey's soapbox. That's therapeutic. Week. I don't know that I've ever had a true soapbox moment. You know. You, uh, one thing to point out though is that social media isn't necessarily a reflection of what everybody believes. Very it's true, and I'm sure. And there, and I, I will also say that when we post things, there are always people saying, "Wow, that's awesome. So glad they do that." Yeah. So to you people. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> I appreciate it. I believe me. I appreciate You're it. You're keeping her sane. Yes, you really are. Because <laughs> if I only got the responses that were, why aren't they practicing? I would probably lose my mind. Right. So to all of you who really do appreciate it, and we got some of those today when I was posting about the guys singing jingle bells in the room to the kids in the hospital, there were a lot of people saying, wow, this is really awesome. Look at these guys. So I do see you and you know, I understand that. And that is hopefully the majority of people. And maybe it's just a few random people, but yes, keep your passion about the team, but also be passionate about what they're doing in the community. Ma makes me complaining about Jerome Boger seem kind of petty right now. Yeah, really <laughs> kind of, kind of raining on his holiday. Weren't you? Casey, uh, you know, when a person responds with that, why aren't they practicing? They're either showing a deep misunderstanding of how this league works, because like you said, they can't, can't. be practicing. Mm -hmm. Or they're just making the laziest possible joke. Yes. It's just such a lazy joke. But what I'm trying to figure out is why you even bother to do that. Yeah. But does that bring if, you joy? And if so, it's unfortunate because let's go bring joy to the kids. They need it. Let's bring some <laughs> gifts around the holiday season. So, if, if yeah, if, if someone's frustrated about 
what has happened at a particular Bucks moment, why don't you take it out by going and volunteering somewhere? And yeah, so I just really, I love what the team does in the community. And that's, I mean, it really is a big part of why I work for a team is that I get to cover all these community events. I get to see the impact these guys have. And just the reminders that they're human, you know, that they they hate losing. They are trying their best. They're working so hard. They have wives and mothers and kids and, you know, that they are human as well. And to watch them go have an, a really big impact on the community, is it is an honor to get to watch it and to be a part of it. One of my favorite parts of my job. Speaking of being human, can I can I share a moment? Uh, you're going to be you're going to be human for a minute. Yeah. No, I was going to talk about you. Ooh, uh, the, a human moment for you. Ooh, uh, when we were doing our pregame show two games ago, mm-hmm. you know where I'm going with this now. Probably. You okay with that? Yeah, go for it. So we we do at the stadium. It's Casey. I just she just my part in it is just to answer questions when she throws them out. That's all I have to do is stand there and talk when she asks me a question. But Casey's sort of running that whole, it's maybe about 20, 25 minutes long pregame mm-hmm. show. It's up on the board for everybody in the stadium. Goes through a lot of different points. You know, you're, you're segueing from the, to the weather report and the locker room thing and, and the apps and so on. And we're about 90 seconds away from starting and there's nothing in her ear. You know, she's got the earpiece. She's getting no, you get direction in these things. I do. Yeah, our uh, our game day producer Mike Dusnap is always talking to me of saying, "Okay, next we're going right. to this, and you have 30 seconds left in this." And so we're about to start, and nothing, and they can't, they don't get it fixed in time. So, I mean, Casey, I looked in your eyes, and I don't think fear is the right word. You think you're better at this, so I don't think you were necessarily scared, but there was almost a like a bleak look, <laughs> like. There we really was, have to do it this way. There was yeah. a loss of hope, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you did fantastic, and nobody in the stands probably had any idea. Uh, but that's kind of the – it was a moment where I was thinking, if I was doing the part that she's doing, and I'm not good at it like she is, if I was doing that part, I think I would have frozen right there. I don't, I don't know <laughs> if I'd have gotten through it. Well, thank you. I very <laughs> much appreciate that. And this is what – yeah, Scott and I are a good team because when he busts out the – well, you know – 27 years ago, third down <laughs> in the third quarter of this game, this happened. I'm like, I could never do what he's doing. And he looks at that and thinks that. So this is why we're a good team. Uh, but yeah, that was panic might have been a, a fair, <laughs> fair word of like, I have no idea how I'm supposed to know what we're doing and how long we have. And then it was pretty funny because we had uh, Alex Morgan from our events team who came down, who had a headset, who was like yelling at me from the side what to go to next because it's loud in that stadium. <laughs> And so she's yelling, and then all of a sudden my earpiece kicked in partway. So our producer is yelling (laughs) at her, and then she's yelling. So I'm hearing both of them now at the same time, but like we're literally on camera, so I can't tell either of them to stop. And so I'm hearing two voices. And I'm trying to talk on a thing that has a delay. Besides the one you always hear. The one, yeah, that's, well, that, you know, he's there all the time. It's fine. So, I mean, it was definitely one of those moments of like, I really wish people knew what was happening right now. I'm glad they don't because that's the goal of my job is for no one to know when there's panic. But yeah, that was, uh, that was one of the more interesting moments for sure. We got through it. See, Scott, the interesting part is, is that if she couldn't do that, then we have the wrong person. I know, I get that. Which is part of why there was panic. I'm like, I would like this job. Well, well, but, but yeah. Yeah, because nothing ever goes according to plan. I think I've told this story before, but before we had a lot of more people doing a lot of these jobs professionally, uh, I was kind of a one-man show yep. on the website. And I was actually, this wasn't website-related, but I was basically emceeing. Remember we used to have night practice during oh, training yeah. camp? I was basically emceeing that, and Ed Backer was the cameraman. You remember him. And um, I was supposed to start at a particular time, and I had it was just me, so you don't have the easy conversation right. option. So I had rehearsed kind of almost word for word or close to what I was going to say. And the light goes on his camera and he points at me and 
blank. <laughs> Lost it. Lost it. I, I've completely forgot everything I was going to say. That's the worst <laughs> feeling in the world. And, and, and it's like beat beat my face is up on the board. I'm Which not is an anything. eternity in television yes. time. And Ed's going, yeah, go, go, go. So I just started talking. <laughs> I'm like, I welcome get, and blah, blah, I can blah. see Eddie. I can see Eddie right now doing And that. then after about, you know, 10 seconds in, they're like, okay, I remember where I was going with this, but. That's amazing. It's, uh, it's hard. That is scary. the panic. Yeah, I remember the first time I had to talk in stadium where there's a full delay and we've gotten a new sound system since then, so it's not as bad, and bad anymore. But yeah, I mean, you, it's, a, it's a full second delay sometimes of when it comes out of your mouth. And if you've ever talked on the phone or on Skype or something and had it start spitting back at you your own words. It messes you up. It is so weird. You start listening to yourself say the thing a second later and it is almost impossible to talk. And that definitely took some getting used to. And I sometimes, when my friends ask me about it, I've found an app online that simulates this and you can <laughs> put it in your headphones to, wow. and I've, I've used it to practice. And I'll have my friends or people try it. I'm like, just tell me a story. And they're like, I went to... Uh, oh, <laughs> like they can't say anything. So if everybody ever wants to, to try that, it's pretty entertaining. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we know how hard your jobs are. <laughs> exactly. This is, again, soapbox. My trick for that, and you may not have noticed, but now you probably will, is when we start the first one, you ask me a question. I always go, well, you know, Casey. And then I pause <laughs> yeah. and I hear it. And then I've kind of got a feel for it. And then I go on. Like yeah. That. So that's why I always start. The little tester. I repeat her name and pause for a second. And then I go He's got his bearings. And by then I got a rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rhythm. I love that. So what did you think of the football game? So that football game, uh, I liked the first half a lot. <laughs> could we have just could we have just stopped around yes. there? We could have just been like, you know, just, we're good. We've played enough for the day. Yeah, we'll just copy this one and paste it on and into a full game. I think what blew me away is how much momentum is a thing. Like a tangible thing that I think sometimes... Well, it's not tangible. No, I mean, it felt it in that game to me. You like that? I like that. I, you're yeah, one of those people that gets mad if you say literally. literally. And, yeah, God. I don't think he normally is like that, though. No. I'm you're more like Scott's a Scott's normally yeah. like that. No, I, I just let it go. That I, you, you not th that time, though. No. Yeah, no, that time, it's, no. It's the salty dogs. I get to <laughs> exactly. be salty right now. You got to understand the venue. Right. You have to understand where you're at. I think sometimes we overplay momentum and we say, oh, they lost the momentum there. They got the moment. In this game, I don't think you could have overplayed it. It really felt so real. It went so both real. ways, though. And, yeah. And it was, it was like, it wasn't hindsight. You're like, that's where momentum sw switched. Right then you thought, oh, this, this, this is it. Bad. This, this is the bad. moment. Yeah, that's so true. And, and it's sad because it had felt basically like as long as the Bucks didn't turn the ball over and got some turnovers, they win the game. Like which it is felt, what we did. Which is right. what we did. And then that was what was so frustrating is to still feel it slipping away when you've done those things. And I feel like that was probably the demoralizing moment of, man, we've gotten Drew Brees to throw an interception, which is not a common thing. It's fourth of the year. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. And then we've strip sacked him. And it's like, man, this is it. We're going to win this game. And all of a sudden, and it just shows how all three facets of the game, like there is not a moment in the NFL that you can think a play doesn't matter. Every single moment for offense, defense, and special teams can have a huge impact on the game. And it also just shows that, you know, to be a, a true playoff contention team, that there is no letting up, there is no amount of lead that can be safe, that it's the full four quarters, all three facets of the game have to be working together because the NFL is just too good. There's just too many teams and too many players that can all of a sudden take over a game or you know the momentum swings, and it's got to be all four quarters. Agreed. Well said. <laughs> yes. So would you like to stick around while we answer our fan questions? Let's do it. Yeah. Jeff, you ready to move on? I'm to good. Road? I'm good. We don't even have to do – No, have we, don't have to, we don't have to stop it at all. We just keep going. Okay. So it saves me time later on. <laughs> well, that's what we're that's all what here for. Thank you that's very much. Thank you for well. thank you for 
acknowledge. All right, Jeff, I got four this week. Wow. I know. And two of them are from returning people. You'll yep. recognize the but, names, but two but are we new. we like that. Yeah, we, we like, like that. So we got a good mix here, Casey. Yep. We, Casey, this is one of our favorite listeners. Her name is Rusty Cheney. Yeah. She's a former nurse. So cool. We love her for that. I also like the name Rusty. I, That's I believe cool. she's, what, 71, 72 uh, years old? exactly. But um, yeah. years young, that is. Yes. And um, obviously a huge Bucks and football fan, and we get a lot of great questions from her. So strap in because it's a long one. Dear Jeff and Scott, you got the top building. Thank you. Just a couple moments, comments from last week's podcast and a question. Uh, I always thought the full moon stories were just superstitions. Casey, last week I revealed that, um, I don't remember how we got on the topic, but my wife is a former school teacher, and she always swore that the kids were terrible when there was a full moon. And she, all her f- teacher friends do the same I thing. I have heard this they too. They swear by that. My friends that are nurses have said the same thing. Yes. Like, cha- like Rusty here. I always thought there were superstitious before I went into nursing, but whether working in a hospital or a nursing home, there's something that is underlying and restless to patients during a full moon. Don't know why, but it's real. See how she says it's real, not like I think it's yeah. real. It's just like my wife. They're convinced. That this, this is a real thing. Okay. She said, in case you haven't had time to look up what Jesus is, well, that's what we were wondering last week. Yes. It's game statistics and, and information system. Very good. Which we could have looked at. I know. But in no, 10 but seconds. No, but I like the but fact. But thank you, Rusty. I like the fact that she took the time to do that. You saved me so much time wondering about a certain stat from a game, and then I read your column, and there it is. Just <laughs> thought I'd return the favor. Uh, okay. So now all the teams we wanted to lose last week actually did. The Panthers, Falcons, Redskins, Eagles, and Vikings. Yes. That's what yes, makes it so frustrating. Talked about it does that. make that frustrating. So where do we stand now? Who do we want to lose other than the Ravens, of course, which reminds me that when I first became a fan, I lived in Baltimore and loved Johnny United. I told you this was a long one. Johnny United and the Baltimore Colts, John Mackey, Big Day Limpscomb, et cetera. Yeah. Anyone, anyway, one of the things I enjoy most listening to you both is that even when our Bucks didn't have their best game, you always find some positives to share without sounding Pollyanna-ish. Hmm. I like well, that thank you. Looking forward to tomorrow's time with you. Keeping make, keep making it fun to be a fan. Go Bucks from... She says, the nice old nurse, Rusty. Oh. The nice old nurse. That's the nice cute. nurse, Rusty. That's cute. So she really doesn't have a question. She yeah, just she said, did. Oh. What, what do we want to happen now? What do we want to happen it's now? It's easy this week. Yeah. And I'll be putting up another story. And apparently that story was the most read story on the website last week, the one where I wrote about which teams to root for. Oh, yeah. So That's great. Like I love that. Well, that. yeah, because then because then on Sundays, the games that you would probably not really care about, that you just really don't have an interest, yeah. all of a sudden you're like locked into it. It's just that last week was a lot more complicated because you had like Minnesota versus Seattle and mm-hmm. Dallas versus Philly and right. Washington versus the Giants. Yeah. So you had a lot of teams that fe- games that featured two teams that could is, matter. Is this, right. is this an off week? This for, week. It's not a division week. There's some division games like Carolina against uh, New Orleans, but the next two weeks after that are all division How about games. Carolina have been to play New Orleans twice, twice, twice in three. three weeks. With Atlanta in the middle. Yeah, Jeez. solid. So it's easy this week, Rusty. Just look at any of the teams that are ahead of the Bucks between between Seattle and us in the standings, and they're all playing different teams. Mm. So, like, uh, you know, Washington is playing, I don't remember who, but they can all lose. So it's easy. You, you're just going to play each other. You're right? reading against the same teams: Minnesota, Washington, Green Carolina, Bay. Green Bay. Now because they're a half game ahead of yep. us, the Redskins and the Eagles. All those stupid ties. Also, I right. feel like are making it Could harder help to tell or things. Hurt. Yeah. 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 Basically, the issue with them is Minnesota because they're a half game ahead or behind because of that one tie. So yep. it's easy this week. And they could be in trouble because you know you start you know they they didn't they didn't have anything Monday night. 
they look Seattle, bad. and then they changed but now offensive home, coordinators. That could so help. That could help. We changed they, defensive coordinators, and yeah. no offense well, to Mike Smith, but Green Bay got a new head coach, and they, and, they won the uh, game. And Aaron Aaron Rodgers decided <laughs> to come to work. Oh, he didn't say that. <laughs> what did are you he? saying, Jeff? <laughs> Stirring up trouble. Yeah, that's All it. right, let's move on. So I figure that I figure the uh, the uh, communication vice president doesn't need any hassles up in Green Bay, so I thought I'd th- lob that out there. We happen to know that person. he's a very good friend of ours. Yes. Okay. Uh, sup, salties. Still enjoying the podcast, even after we lose. But it's way more fun to listen when we win. So, do we root for eight and eight now? Which he follows with a yeah. thumbs down. I'd like to see a Cutter Winston offense one more season. A clean start with no suspension. What offensive pace pieces are likely back next season? Thanks, Bobby. And that's a guy we've had before. Yeah, Bobby Munster, I think it okay. is. I agree. I want to see this too. I want to see uh, one more year. I mean, not hopefully more than one more year, but I, I think we should stick with this combination next year. I mean, the reasoning that they gave for promoting Dirk Cutter to head coach Mm -hmm. was the connection with Winston and the offense. And as much as you look at this year and and can point to some issues that the team overall has had, the offense is very rarely one of them. And so if that was your reason for making him the the head coach, your offense still looks good. It's hard to make an argument for him not being your head coach. And again, I think we saw a change at coordinator even mid-season did seem to make a difference if – I mean, it's hard to make any changes of any kind mid-season. Sure. So if you look at the fact that that made a change mid-season, then to think, well, if you give him a whole off-season, you give the whole team a whole other off-season to look at it. If that defense improves, you know, the same amount it's improved since that change again over the off-season, which I don't see why it wouldn't, then we've won a lot more games. If just the the defense is that much better, if, if the defense these last few games was the defense the first few games – it's, it's a very different situation what we're looking at now. So I think that if you are looking at it from an offensive standpoint, it's it's hard to say that it's been their fault. The Redskins game is really one of the only ones that you can say that about. I mean, maybe this last game against the Saints that some of those penalties and issues like that. But, um, I mean, when you're leading 14-3 to at, at half, it's, it's not looking like it's their fault either. So I, I think that offensively, this team has a lot to be excited about, a lot of still really young guys that are only going to get better. And it seems like Cutter has figured out a way to get a heck of a lot of yards, a heck of a lot of points at times. And if you made him the head coach because of offense, it's kind of hard to say that you should get rid of him now. Uh, the question that has to be answered, and none of us can answer that question, is is Jameis Winston your quarterback? That, we can conjecture on it. Yeah. I think that's what they're asking that, us. Yeah, that is going to be the question. Is and then if I'm that, in favor of it. Yeah, if that's the case, then then is if you go by the reasoning why you hire yeah. Dirk Cutter as your head coach. But then that's going to be your question. Now, your next question is if if things don't go right and you, and you change head coaches, and I'm not saying we are, but if you did, then it adds a whole other level because – Whoever would come in, they may they may want their own guy. Uh, or is, new yeah, guy. is that their quarter? Is right. is that so? Those are a lot of can of worms. Well, part of the question here is what offensive pieces are likely back next yeah. season, which is a valid point. But it should you got Mike, you got both yep. tight ends under contract, yep. you got Godwin, the you, two pieces. Ali Marpet. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wasn't going there yep. yet, but Deshaun and, and Adam Humphreys are the two that would have would have to get new contracts to be back, and I would think Adam's no, probably more well, likely. Deshaun's uh, under contract, correct? I thought he had a two year deal. And this no. is the second year. Is it? I, yeah, I that's think what he's... I oh, is he a free yeah. agent after yeah. this? He yeah. oh, okay. did a two-year deal here, and this is about okay. two years. All right. So um, I would think out of those two, Adam would be more likely to return. Mm-hmm. But still, that's most of it. And like you said, most of the offensive line, yep. you still got to get a new contract for Donovan Smith. But you have Allie, you have Ryan Jensen, and uh, DeMar. you got DeMar. DeMar's I th- still under think contract. he's got one more year. Yeah. 
you know, I think there's still some question marks at right guard, but you got some options there. So you got most, most part, of it. It's yeah. staying intact, yeah. which again, I think has got to be a good thing when you look at what they've been able to accomplish this year. Yep. All right. Next question. Scott and or Jeff. They didn't know you were going to be here, Casey. It's an and That's okay. I am not offended. It's an I guess that person was trying not to give top billing or whatever. I think the Bucks missed a real opportunity on Sunday by putting a big tarp on the field in the morning. Why not just let the rain make the field a mess and make it harder for the Saints offense to do anything? Because then it's also harder for our offense well, to do said, things. Said, I think it's a heat. Mark, he All said right. that. I know it would be the same for both okay. teams. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But those guys are used to their dome and their fancy turf. Let's get them out of their element. What do you guys think? And that's a guy named Mark. He didn't say where he's from. I think as hard as it rained, it would have been a disaster. And, yeah, there's, there's and, safety issues. Yeah, there. and there's only been four times yeah. at Raymond James Stadium that the tarp has been brought out. And the tarp went out probably on Saturday night after 5 o'clock. Oh, really? That's yeah. when they put it, it on? It, they, it didn't go on right away. It, it went on because the the way the weather forecast was, it was supposed to start at like 3 in the morning. They well, were you talking about it like it was a Yeah, you don't want to be you know <laughs> rolling it out. But the fact is how much rain came down in that short period of time. You're talking, um, let's see, I walked in the stadium at quarter to 9, and that's when the monsoon began at the stadium. Yeah. Just real. I mean, I parked in the parking lot and I was able to That's walk through the grass. Well, let me finish. It's <laughs> not paved, so I didn't sink when I walked through it, and so I got there about fifteen minutes later and and yes, me too. And was in a river. Yeah, right. it was bad because it just it My came never dried out. Yeah, it came down so hard. So and it. If the field had looked like the parking lot, yeah. it, the game would have been unplayable. But once you, but once you take the tarp off, and we did have some rain, then okay, then then your playing field becomes what what it's supposed it, to be. It looked like it took them about an hour to get that tarp off. And you know what was interesting about it? The best part about them yeah. taking the tarp off is they it's in sections, so they mm-hmm. they kind of fold it up and they get one section out, and then they fold that one up kind of small, and then they roll it towards the sideline, and they rolled it towards the. Yep. Uh, visiting Vis- sideline, yes. so all the runoff yeah. would go there. I right. love that. I thought that was so great. <laughs> well, and they did so, it in, so petty and <laughs> so wonderful. It went it went from the end, into the end zones into the other side, yeah. and, and we made the comment because we were in San Francisco when it rained really the hard. Same thing to us. They did the same oh, thing. It was do. like a flood coming to us. <laughs> that all of a sudden people are standing in three, four inches yeah. of water, going, "What is what happening happened? here?" Um, my, what I thought was a great point that you brought up is the safety idea. So we think of it in terms of just the actual X's and O's ability to run the play you want to run. But turf or grass conditions are a huge factor in injuries. And that's part of why they, you always hear teams talk about they don't like practicing on turf all that often because it is harder on you know your legs and that they're, they have a lot of studies that have shown that it can be more injury prone in some ways. So, I mean, the length of turf, the length of grass – if, you know, your foot is sticking, that can be a thing that tears, you know, ligaments. And so it's not just about the strategy in terms of, oh, yeah, I think that maybe our offense, you know, maybe we're a more running prone offense so we can handle the weather. So let's let it get sloppy. Like I get the idea X's and O's wise, but someone tears an ACL because you didn't tarp the field. And that's a very different conversation you're having the next day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they canceled that. They took that game out of Mexico City because they were worried about people getting hurt. In that right. Field, mm-hmm. And they canceled right. that. uh 
Hall of Fame game. A and I think, ago. It, and I think, as hard as it rained, if you would have first started, then I definitely been a city. All right, bad idea, Mark. <laughs> bad. <laughs> it was a bad idea, Mark. But it was a good Do question. Some so thank you. Was it? Though? Yeah. He, he, he wanted to know. I think Mark needs to try again. Send us another wow. question, Mark. Mark, I'm. I'm you there just, for I just love Mark, when you throw your question, just say Jeff, just and I'll answer. Just stomping on your just, fans yeah, over really. here. Jeez. That's how we build our fan base. Good wow. community relations but over yeah. here. Rusty Cheney really likes us. The so. customer service uh, of the Salty Dogs is is lacking. <laughs> Yeah, that's us. All right, one more. Okay, okay. That's, yep. this is it. Hey, Jeff and Roger. Yeah, I got two hey. Roger. This two, is somebody. Two Jeffs. Have we ever said that on this podcast? Because no. otherwise they must have heard it on. No. This is a fan of other shows. Yeah. But continue. To know that my actual first name is Roger, and now a whole other audience is aware of this, and I'm not sure I'm happy about that. Continue. Roger. Then again, I didn't Roger. have to ask the question. No, you didn't. Continue. <laughs> Just teasing, Scott. Okay, thank you. Uh. I'm writing about one of Scott's recent tweets, the one that showed the top QB wide receiver touchdown combos in team history. I think I did that yesterday. Mm-hmm. Frankly, it was kind of sad. Our top duo is 24. So Josh Freeman and Mike Williams combined for 24 touchdown passes. That's the most by any quarterback receiver mm-hmm. combo in team history. And I guess I see the point. 24 isn't a lot. No. Uh, forget the numbers. Who do you think is our best QB wide receiver duo of all time? Or, or you can use a tight end if you want. And it's stay salty from Steven in Arizona. Mm. Doug Williams, Kevin House. What about Doug Williams, Jimmy Giles? Mm-hmm. Well, he I I take they him had as more touchdowns. Was, yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, so are you looking I at it thinking, just from what? touchdowns yeah. or total? No, no, yeah. no. I think specifically means not just touchdowns. Okay, oh, he means okay. overall. Okay. I thought you were talking wide receivers. You're just talking about it. Can be tight ends too. He said oh, okay. That. You just want oh, to listen. I, 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 I dozed off there, Scott. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh well, that just means his question was boring. Yeah, no, not it's me. your delivery. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's getting kind of salty, Casey. <laughs> I've noticed. You know one that's an underrated one. Yes, Brad, you do. Which underrated Brad Johnson and uh, Joe Juravicious? No, or... I was going to say Keenan McCardell. Oh, yeah, Keenan McCardell was They great. had a big – they had How no about, running game in 03. What about, he he what put about, Keenan in the Pro Bowl that year. Yeah, what about uh, Keyshawn Johnson? Guy had, uh, yeah. guy had what, 150,000 catches and one touchdown one season? And I think one time he might have said something nice about somebody other than himself. Scott got real salty when you just brought up his name. That was great. Well, well, that one year he had like 105 catches I and just one said, touch- oh. yeah. I, now I, I'm not paying now attention. Now you're not paying attention. <laughs> I said 100 million trillion or whatever it was, and Children, you just blew me off. Children, don't make me pull this podcast over. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> We're almost, we're almost home, Mom. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Don't make me come across that back Don't seat. Don't make me get my fly swatter out. Um, you know, I wanted yes. to say Joey Galloway, but mm-hmm. I can't think of which quarterback is his best. Com- was it Greasy? Was it Garcia? Yeah, well, he didn't have Sims. One. And now that, that, you know, the other thing, too, is, is unfortunately we haven't had a quarterback locked in for right. many, many years with a wide receiver or someone who's been together for a very long time. Yeah. and. You're you're kind of hoping the situation we have now with Mike Evans exactly. and whatever. We're, there are, we, Mike we'll, Evans will go. Mike Evans is the best receiver in team history. Now. I that think much so. Is clear. Yes. So if he continues to get to play with Jameis, that'll probably mm-hmm. be it. And right. even just the way the league has changed. I mean, I think all those kind of discussions will end up changing because of just the way the offenses are now. That I mean, um, you look at Mike Allstott. I've got the 49ers on the phone for you. They'd like to discuss right. Tom Montana and Jerry <laughs> yeah. Rice. Yeah. But like, I just think that that's what's going to be interesting to see is how you do compare. People from, you know, you always hear the whole modern era discussion, especially like with baseball and things like that. So I almost wonder if the NFL is like that now, where if you look at, you're going to compare people that are, you know, starting now. I mean, you're going to look at your Patrick Mahomes and people that are starting now in years. I got the answer for you, Casey. Oh, tell me. Tell me the answer. Baseball's already done this. They have a lot of stats that, and they usually, there'll be something like ERA plus. And what they do is they normalize stats 
by the era. So it's basically Bob Gibson throwing a 1.16 ERA in 1968, but the overall league ERA was like three. And is that more impressive than having a 2.5 in like, no, um, the guy who won the Jacob deGrom for the Mets won the Cy Young this year. And I, you're both your eyes, guys, eyes have glazed over because neither of you care about baseball. Like I do, but, nope. <laughs> uh, he had like a one point something ERA and it's one of the best seasons ever because the league mm. as a whole is like at four or five right. or something. NFL will do that because stats are getting better and NFL will eventually do that because they're going to have to, because everybody can see that the game has changed. Right. Exactly. Even just this year, this was the tipping point, I think in the consciousness of everybody of how this game has changed now. And you will still have games like the Sunday night, Monday night games where, you know, there's three to nothing for a super long time. I mean, of course that will always happen occasionally, but it does feel entirely different. And they're, I mean, they are making rule changes that will make it different. So when you start talking about, okay, for this franchise, overall quarterback wide receiver duos, when you're going to look at the stats, I think that they will start to become incredibly inflated for certain yeah. guys. Right. And it's going to be really challenging to have those you know, discussions and probably even for those Hall of Fame arguments moving yeah. forward. That's, that's, gonna, that's why you have these yeah. stats that normalize it by error. I, I don't and that'll like, happen. Yeah, I don't like comparing. I don't, I, I, because. You've got to have it, a way to do it. Well, yeah, but it's just a for different, Hall of Fame it's just stuff, a different yeah. game. It's the, just a different game. The Bucks are going to have their best offensive season by yards and probably by points this year. Mm -hmm. Do you know what, yeah. you know what year record they're breaking? Like two years ago? Like last year. Yeah. Yeah. Like four of well, the top under five Dirk, under, Dirk. under Dirk. Under and Dirk, that's, yes. that's good for Dirk. Yes. But it also shows you how the game has changed, right? And well, all the defensive players hate it. Well, <laughs> yeah. As well, well they but, should. But yeah. but also this franchise was built on, on defense. If you go back into right. the 70s, so it this was feels built. Weird for us. Yeah, it does. It feels very weird. the Super Bowl era, too. Mm-hmm. So all right, I like it though. I'm all one right. of those people that loves loves those offenses. Well, we were games. talking before you came in that, um, that it's kind of interesting the way in this season of offense, right here at the end with these big games, all of a sudden defenses are taking control. Chicago, Seattle, Dallas, mm -hmm. and uh, so like you just said a minute ago, every now and then you still get a game that's three nothing into the third quarter. And now that's the anomaly, but it's fun for that reason. I thoroughly enjoyed watching that game last Whatever time. is the outlier, you yeah. will appreciate because right. you're like, man, it's been a while since I've seen this. I'm happy that the three to nothing into the third quarter is now the anomaly. I'm yeah, okay. not a fan of that being the the constant. I would not be a good, you know, Bears fan where the 85 Bears are all you worship. Like, no, that's not, see, I, not I, my jam. Touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, I, I like I – like That's because you're I a love, salty dog from No, exactly. it's – after a while, it's like watching. It's like watching college ball. You know, I it, love it. They, they score thirty yeah, was points that in the to last. Be an insult? No, but it's like they score thirty points in the last five minutes. It's like really, come on. You know, I, I, give me a game. I think it's fun right now, and and the pendulum will probably swing back at some point. But I'm kind of enjoying. Just it. Just remember, you guys, defenses I'm less win. Salty than you. Defenses win championships. You mark my words. The team that goes in is going to have the the best rated defense. Just just one quick question. Um, yes. Did you watch last year's Super Bowl? <laughs> I did. Did you watch the one before that? I did. I you did. still defense standing by wins that? Championships. Yep. It was the defensive play that made it happen. <laughs> <laughs> well. It did turn on one. Thank you play. very much. You still have but to that was have like the defense. only defensive play in the whole game. <laughs> it made it. It made that offense that. still won that game. All right, <laughs> that's enough. Jeff is making making fun of me stuttering now, so I think we're done. <laughs> I was just left speechless. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, well, Casey, All right. thank you for being Thanks, our Casey. first, second guest Ooh, ever. I am honored. Do I get a plaque? Is there some sort of uh, thing that I can remember this forever a, by? I've got a, a Starburst in my pocket. I'll take it. That works. That's actually better than I thought. I thought I was getting Hold nothing. that today. Starburst. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. Oh, are we done? So yeah. you guys, Where are we going I from there? thought you guys were still going on. I was waiting. We're done. We're done? You're, you go ahead. All right. Since you did, thanks for listening. <laughs>